0: Before we start the show, let's hear from one of our sponsors. Their support keeps this show free for you. Hello, Peace and Parenting listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters tranquility and connection? Enter HomeThreads, your partner in designing a peaceful haven. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture crafted for families who prioritize peace and harmony. From cozy family lounges to mindful decor, our pieces are designed to enhance your journey in peaceful parenting. All at the best value. Cozy home-cooked meals are one way I get connected to my kids. At Home Threads, they have all the best cookware. The Staub pan I use to make these great connective meals is easy to use and clean and can go from stovetop to oven, making it very versatile. Visit HomeThreads.com forward slash peace and get a code for 15% off your first order today and transform your home into a sanctuary of common connection. Because peaceful parenting starts at home, HomeThreads love where you live. Remember to use our unique URL to get your discount and let the brand know where you came from. Visit HomeThreads.com forward slash peace today and get a 15% off code for your first order. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood, yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected Parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I'm Michelle, and guess what? I have a guest. I haven't had a guest in a long time, but I have a lovely guest, Kirsten Kobabe, and she is Kirsten Kobabe on Instagram, and that's how I know her, and she's an expert on teenagers. So welcome, Kirsten. Hi, so good to see you again. Yeah, we did an episode maybe two seasons ago, I think, um, about teens, and we're gonna do another one because I actually had some of my followers say, Give us more stuff on teens, please, because it's a hard, it's a hard time of life. You think a really hard time of life. Yeah. For teens and parents. I think for sure. I think, um, I know for me, I went into this like really big change with my first one when she turned 12 and I thought the whole world was coming to an end and that I couldn't peacefully parent anymore and that I was going to just start grounding her (laughs) because she was, displaying behaviors. And I was like, what is going on with this kid?
1: Yeah, things change. It's absolutely a different... Just like the toddler years, bigger though. It's a different phase. It looks different, sounds different, and it requires a new set of skills. And when I say new, I kind of also feel like they're old at the same time and innate and within us.
0: Yeah. I had to recalibrate the skills that I already have. And I thought I had to abandon them and that I had to get stricter and stronger and meaner and punitive. I thought I would even just abandon this whole idea of connective parenting because I was like, it's not working. And I thought, oh, what you should do is get stricter. And that was not the right move. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) Well, I I just tried it a few times and my very strong-willed older daughter was like, that's, yeah, we're not, we're not. We're not doing that. You're gonna have a real rebel on your hands if you do that, mom.
1: Right. That counter will. There's there's more to push back on when it's when it's stricter, meaner. And what that ends up being actually felt from the teen is inauthentic. And they don't want that. What do you mean? Um, I feel like when parents, adults, caregivers are sort of Bringing that agenda, or like, I need to be this, and it's not from that heart space, it's really from that mentalized space. The teenager interprets that as what even is this, and who are you, and what's going on because they're so tuned into you, they've been with you this whole time for many people since before they even, you know, were fully grown out in the world, they were in yeah. womb, they're so attuned to their parents, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think it feels very controlling in a time where they're looking to gain their own control. So that becomes a really big struggle. It's like some parents go deeply into this idea of I need to control my teen while the teen is going deeply into this idea of like, I need control of my, my own life. And that can be a really huge struggle, especially for a super involved parent. I see these like very super involved parents who have been there and done everything and and been kind of helicoptery a little bit and then their teen is basically like no 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 i need you to move to the side mom dad because i have my own agenda that can be very hard
1: very hard yeah most parents are used to their children up until teen years. So just by their side, doing everything together, like you said, very hands-on. And even if not, it's, it's still this massive shift in the teen years. Like all of a sudden I don't see them anymore. They no longer want to cuddle. They have this other world. And yeah, that finding that balance, that middle road, that's not permissive, but that's not super controlling can be really challenging. Also because a lot of us didn't grow up with a balanced model of this.
0: Heck no. That's why I think I went into this idea like, oh, I'll just control her. I'll just take her phone away. I'll just ground her because that was what was done to me. And, you know, upon looking at it logically, that didn't work with me. And I don't know why I would think it would work with my child, but we go to fear too, right? We're scared because our kid is going to be in the real world. They're going to be making the wrong decisions. They're going to be, you know, subjected to these experiences that are dangerous and I have to make sure they're safe.
1: And the desire for children to be safe is, so natural and important because you're still their guardian. You're still their caretaker. There is this responsibility. And we see that the more connected, which is why I love your work so much, we are with our children, right? That you are with your child, then they actually will come to you with things. They will tell you things that are scary that they need help with and all of that stuff, rather than actually handling it by themselves out in the world and feeling alone in that.
0: Yeah. And I think that's it too. It's that connection actually keeps them safer than the strict boundaries, rules, and even punishments. Because if they trust you, and if they come to you, and if you have influence in their world, then you're keeping them decidedly safer than any punishment or boundary or limit ever could.
1: Right, right. An example I like to use of that is this... um... It's like the curfew, especially for teenagers, right? Curfew becomes this big thing because of the driving and the friends and the parties and all of this. And so it's like, do we want teens to come home right at midnight? Or do we want them to know that if something comes up and they're running late, they can call us and let us know. And that's okay. Instead of trying to speed home or get do other car things. with
0: the drunk driver.
1: We get home on.
0: Exactly. Do we need to also kind of re-examine this idea of curfew? You know, like, okay, I get it. We don't want our kids out till three, four in the morning every night. But is it more like a discussion like I have with Esme? Like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, we're going to like last weekend. We're going to this Western party. And I was like, okay, cool. Who's going? Oh, me, Ava, Mimi. We're all going together. Okay, cool. You guys Ubering? Yeah, we're Ubering. Smart idea. When they go out at night, Uber. They're Ubering. Cool. When we be home, not late, mom. Don't worry, I won't be too late. And I don't worry because when she says she's not going to be too late, she isn't too late. And she was home at 1145. We don't have curfew. We have discussions about what we're doing. We have conversations about who's going where and when and why, how and why. And I know where she is. And so it's like curfew doesn't become this thing that they need to do or they need to fight against or they need to. It's like it's so arbitrary. Having your child get home at midnight or 1130 or one isn't going to keep them safer than coming home at 10. I'm so sorry, everybody. The time that bad things happen, they don't care what time it is, the bad things.
1: (laughs) No, they don't. They really don't. And it's such a good point because like homework, like curfew, like chores, all these things become things because of the pressure. And like you said, these arbitrary things we've created and, and then our culture doesn't really support this age, which is about, I mean, it's not about following exactly all the rules and everybody doing the exact same thing. It's like, we're missing the mark in school in these ways too, yeah. and with homework, and with sitting, and with this lack of nature and lack yeah. of actual experiences in the world, which are what prepares for the real world.
0: Yeah, I think the you know we don't have a lot of rules in our house, but we don't have a lot of unruly behavior. You know what I mean? Like we, ha- I have kids. Granted, it is not perfect. Hello, everybody. I'm going to say it three times. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. It's not perfect. I had a big fight with Esme this morning. I said and did the wrong things. And I do often. If there's unruly behavior, it's big feelings behavior. That's it, Like We're having big feelings and someone's not being kind and cannot regulate their feelings. That's what we have. But people are not, you know, sneaking out of windows like I did and smoking cigarettes in the backyard and sneaking boys in my room. And we don't have that kind of behavior because we don't need to. There's just like, you want to have someone over, you're having them over. You know, like if you want to like go to the party, you can go to the party. I trust you. Right. So there's, there aren't a lot of rules, but I have kids who go to school. They get up on their own. They go to school. They do their homework. They do their tests. They do it all on their
1: own by themselves without me interfering. And you can get there with connection. Absolutely. And it's going to be work and require time and energy no matter what, when raising a person, raising a child. And so it's like, where do we want that to be in, in these beautiful, connective, not perfect. I'm with you there. Like it it, it automatically, our brains like to go, I have to do it perfectly all the time. I might as well not try. And it's like, that's not it. Awareness is this evolving, ever expansive practice for life. And that's where we can connect from is this place of awareness. And so, yeah, you're offering that trust and respect. They share it right back and you get to have this beautiful dance and the time and energy spent together is fun sometimes and probably often instead of repercussions and punishments and all this drama and the drama cycle is something that we know humans are still engaged in and very captivated by or should I say that maybe the ego part of us.
0: Yeah, I agree. We are going to take a short break from our show to hear from our sponsors. Without their sponsorship, I wouldn't be able to bring you the Peace and Parenting podcast free of charge. So I'll see you back in just a few minutes. Have you tried Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals? Yes, you heard me. No cooking, no prepping, and no cleanup, making eating better every day easy. These no-prep, no-mess meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and so much more. Plus, there are over 55 nutrition packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you waiting for? Ditch the meal prep today, get started and have a week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash peace50 and use code peace50 to get 50% off. That's code peace50 at factormeals.com slash peace50 to get 50% off. hey, let's get back to the show. I think one other piece of um, parenting teenagers is this idea that, you know, they look grown, right? My 17 year old looks, well, she is almost an adult, right? She looks like an adult. She drives, she has a boyfriend. She's going to apply to college. Like she's doing all the adult things. That kid is a kid. She cannot still always manage her feelings. She cannot always say and do the right thing. With me. She has big girl tantrums. She has huge emotions. She is riddled with stress about school and going to college and all the stuff that she has to do. And she cannot manage it very well because she's immature. And I think we forget that piece and that we think that they should be able to manage their feelings and regulate and all the stuff. And I'm telling you right now, they cannot. And she's got 10 more years probably of brain development and, and, Getting there is, it's not
1: easy, everybody. She's got big feelings. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think this was is one of the most like under talked about realities of this age stage, right? Yeah, that prefrontal cortex is not fully developed till mid to late 20s. Children still need their parents. Teenagers still need guidance. That part of the brain is about priorities, um, planning, understanding consequences, long-term you know, because they're wired for is the risk worth the fun and the belonging social piece. And so that's where, you know, as we know this about the brain, then we know actually where we're needed yeah. and how we can engage and how we can model. And we, we all know plenty of adults still have big girl tantrums too. Me so too. I
0: did. I had a tantrum this morning. I did. Hello. I had a tantrum with her this morning because I couldn't handle her, handle her big feelings. Cause I was like, like, really? you 17 in my head. I'm thinking,
1: well, are we doing this? You're like, I feel like you're four again. Really? Because well, sometimes they can. Sometimes that wisdom is just so, you're like just blown away by the wisdom that can come through. And then other times it's like, oh gosh, yeah, this is a very different day. Very different expression coming from you. Yeah.
0: And the, the stress I think our kids are under in this day and age is insurmountable. I mean, Esme goes to a college prep, all girls Catholic private high school. And those ladies are no joke, and I would not want to go there. She chose this school. Everybody, I did not. She wanted to go to school with all girls, but it's a pressure cooker. I mean, it's like the workload is insane, and the expectations are high. And to get into college, what she wants to do, also not not necessarily, you know, my choice, but she wants to go to college. Is that you know the, the competition to get into college is is, is really big these days, and you want to be like everyone else when you're in that environment. And so this, that peer pressure piece is hard too. And I, I I don't envy them at all.
1: Me neither. No, I, I even have clients, some of the teens I work with that are like, I'm nostalgic for the 90s. They weren't even born, right? In the 90s. They're just like nostalgic for this, what seems like a more simple, easier time with really good music. Yes. <laughs> like, uh-huh. <laughs> and so, yeah, the pressure is big. And even if teens aren't wanting to go to college, the pre- then what? right? Then what do I do? And we're so inundated with this doing, doing, doing and achieving, achieving, achieving and type A everything that it really doesn't leave much breathing room for what's more natural in this age and stage, which is like learning skills, spending time with safe mentors and adults and other people and really honing our our gifts. Yeah.
0: There's no space for that. I told her, I go take a year off, take a gap year, like go be a nanny somewhere, like go like I don't know what. Take your car and drive, You know, work and save money and go on a road trip. Like, do something. She's like, no, I need to go to college. My friends are going to, and it's like, you know, I I can't tell her what to do. I give her suggestions, and she's she's going to do what she wants to do. But I just feel like if it were more socially acceptable, if if that were more the path, that it would give a lot of kids agency to breathe into their adolescence. You know, eighteen is a very young age to go try and find your career. And it's
1: a lot to ask of a child, especially if we haven't properly prepared them. Like, and I mean, we, society, we, for like school, it's just like math, you know, it's the basics. A lot of schools don't even have the different trades and art and all these things. And so it's almost like that college now becomes, because it's so boxy in this teen high school world and, and full of those types of classes, right? The, the college is so interesting because it's freedom and all my friends and I get to have more control and all this stuff. And that actually, some of that can, in a balanced and healthy way with their safety mind happen during the earlier years too.
0: Yeah. it feel sad for them. And I feel like this the loss of their, I feel like 18 is the middle of your adolescence and it isn't the time that you should be. Your brain isn't fully developed. How do you know what you want to be when you grow up? Like yeah. that's not even a in a fair question to even ask a child who's 18 no. years old. She, We were looking at majors. She was looking at, she wants to go to my alma mater, which is so cute. Her dad and my alma mater, she wants to go to the University of Oregon. And, and we were looking at all of the majors and I was like, wow, there's all these cool things. Like I want to study everything. And she's looking at it she's like, oh my gosh, what do I pick? What is all this? And it's like... <laughs> I'm like thinking, oh, I could stick into like 20 majors right now. And of course, that's not where she's at at all. And it, to ask her to be there is a, it's a big
1: ask. I don't know. It's a big ask. And for even for the teens that are like, I know I want this. I've seen that change. Yeah, of course. This is, this is when we're like, oh, yeah, they are still children. Yeah. This is, like you said, the middle of their teen years at 18, which is so wild that that's when it's like, OK, good luck out there.
0: Right? It is. it is. I think some things to expect too, like really expect that your preteen or early teen is going to have a big change at some point. I always see it. It's all different for every kid. It's different. You know, It could be 10, could be 11, 12, or 14 or whatever, but they have this big change in that they're trying to have a voice and they're trying to stand up for themselves and they might not do it in quite the right way. They might be sassy and bratty and some of their words might really sting, but they don't mean it. I promise you, they don't. Don't fall for it. Don't get sucked into it. Do not take it personally. It is them. It is not you. And please, whatever you do, do not believe a word they say for at least a couple of years.
1: <laughs> I love this reminder because as this extra person in the mix, you know, I'm, I'm this kind of extra set of eyes, hands and extra heart in the mix. Your teens so care about how you see them. They appreciate you like they're not going to say that. That's that's not reasonable to to think that they might. And but they could, but they're like they feel it a lot though. Yeah. A
0: lot. Yeah. If you hold space enough and don't get mad. So if you hijack the conversation or the interaction with being upset with them and wanting to be punitive or wanting to shame them because or wanting to tell them don't speak to me like that and you're not allowed but if you if you hijack the conversation, they're not going to tell you they appreciate you. If you can stay calm. I don't always do it, but I often do. And when I stay calm and co- collected, Esme always comes back and says, you're the best mom. I love you. Thank you. I'm sorry. I know I was out of control. I don't know what I was thinking. Mom, I know. And she always comes around. But when I hijack it, no, she'll stick in that I was the bad
1: guy. Yes. And it's like, kind of true in those moments, right? We are the adult. Our job is to hold space. It doesn't mean we have to be fake calm and no, that doesn't work, but yeah, it leaves, it also leaves room for you to be human, like you just said. And then we get to have those moments that we're all really wanting teens and parents of togetherness. Yeah.
0: It's so true. I do though. I, I don't know. I I'm fake calm sometimes because I really am like, I have to tell them myself, like I am inside
1: boiling
0: And I have to force myself sometimes to be calm. And then I leave. I go in my bathroom. I scream into a pillow. I do my breathing. I text my best friend. I text my ex-husband and say, come get your daughter. I can't take her anymore. Like I do all the things, but I'm your
1: daughter. She's yours now. (laughs) Yes, that's
0: exactly right. I am fake
1: calm. I am totally fake calm. This is a great point because I think it's going to happen for all of us in our relationships. And when we have that awareness though, like, because what you're talking about feels Different to me than what I was thinking because of the awareness piece you have. of it. you like know you're. Oh yeah, I'm forcing in it. Yeah, yeah, and that I think changes things. Yeah. If we if we know, then it's not like we're we put on the hat and we're like doing a dance. It's more like oh, keep breathing. Yep. No, that's different and really important. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> you got to get. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I have, I
0: have a hard time getting there sometimes, and. One other thing too, I I like to talk about, I don't know if anybody ever read Dr. Dan Siegel's book, Brainstorm. Did you read that book?
1: I love Brainstorm.
0: I know, too. so good. But I love the piece where he talks about how it's the time of their life when they're really trying on risk, you know, and the risk center of their brain is really growing. And so they're not taking risks because they have nothing better to do. It's actually part of their development and they're trying to find their line. You know, they're trying to find What's risky or not too risky or risky enough? Where can I find the line? Is it, is it driving you know over the speed limit? Is it sneaking the boy in my room? What is it? And will I learn from it and say, oh, that was too risky? Or will I say, oh, that was just risky enough. And now I've grown that piece of my brain enough to fulfill a little need and I'm going to move on here.
1: Totally. This is a massive part of it. And sometimes I like to think of it as it's like staying safe enough while taking risks, but staying safe enough to keep having fun, right? Like the risks that are taken, we hopefully just are right in that perfect balance. You said So we can keep doing that and then yeah. so we can keep having fun so we can keep living and keep being. <laughs> yes. What do you see
0: with your teens? What do they, what do they complain about around their, their parents?
1: A big one is they always make it about them. I hear that a lot. And and it's sweet because they like the teens I know have so much grace for their parents and space for their parents mistakes, which I think is so beautiful. Um, But that's hard for them. Like if they're having a hard day or they're feeling low confidence or uncertain or something, usually they're getting the pep talk, the parent being like, well, it'll be okay. And, And some sometimes there's space for reassurance that can be very important sometimes. However, it usually comes after and they're wanting to really just share how hard it is for them to be them. Whatever thing happened, and for parents to really be able to just pause long enough, not try and fix it, and just allow space for those feelings to move through, because that actually is one of the most important life skills to have. Yeah, we so need to let watch those emotions as they go as they pass by.
0: Yeah, or those or thoughts. Right, empathize with them too. Like recognize that. Oh, it's hard for you. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. For you. I see that. Yeah, they turn it into being about them. Well, because us parents we operate in a fear right my child is having a bad moment i have to get it to stop i can tell them all the things they can do to get it to stop and then everything will be better and then they don't have to feel this ickiness and then i can feel better because i feel bad when they feel bad yeah it's it's a whole thing right
1: that's a whole thing that's it it's and then it and then we before you know it you're like well when i was 12 blah <sighs> blah your kid is like <laughs> <sighs> yeah and then they don't want to talk anymore cuz they're like why would I share because this isn't no longer about me there's no space for me.
0: Yeah, that's such a good awareness for people I think. We don't mean to as parents, we really don't. We can't, It comes from a sweet place.
1: It's just the wrong it's the wrong thing. It's <laughs> the wrong thing yeah. from a good place. Yeah, and you know what if you start doing it it's like if you notice and then go, "Hold on, it's not about me." Yeah. I mean, you know, you can interrupt ourselves. I like go, that. Because we're going to do that. It's our parents did it. Lots of parents have done this. It's very yeah. patterned.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Or my parents just just like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Get it together, yeah. kid. Yeah. Same. Sometimes I want to say that to my daughters. Like, oh, my gosh, really? You're mad about this? Come on. You got it.
1: <laughs> right. Just you wait. There's more coming. Yes, <laughs> this is
0: nothing, my love, my sweet <laughs> yeah. love. No, we won't say that to them. Only if we get only if we're dysregulated,
1: yes. Or if they, or if like they've yeah gotten to those twenty year, you know they're in their twenties and they're like, why didn't you tell me? Oh my god, I get that already. Like mm-hmm. you should have told me I needed to do tennis. I'm like, oh,
0: I told you, you needed to do 20, tennis three hundred times. You decided you didn't want to do tennis. Well, now I don't know how to play tennis. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, not yep. win.
1: Yep, nope. And you're the safe place. That's the other. Thing. If you're yes. getting the the like, oh, today was horrible, leaning into that, not saying. I think it's, there's so much space for the horrible. We've got to really be in that so they can crawl out of that.
0: Yes, and that's resilience, right? If I can be, I can have it take me down. I can have someone support me through it. I can get better. And then I know that that's a skill I can call on later.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can handle hard things. Like I can make it through this feeling or this thought. It's not necessarily the whole truth or real at all.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Kirsten, you're so good. Those sweet kids are so lucky to have you. I love them. <laughs> My yeah.
1: other I mean, it's such wonderful work that we get to do together because really we're starting to really realize, I think, and hope that we're all here together. And what's more natural than parenting alone in a box with maybe one other person is having more communal holding of this experience, especially for the team. Yeah, I like that. That's so
0: beautiful. Oh, OK. Where can wait? Where can they find you? Anybody? com or on Instagram. Okay, good. Check her out. You love her posts. They're really great. Thank you everybody for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I will see you all or you will hear me all later.